It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Thank you so much for being here this morning. The New Hampshire primary, uh, we have early results in, Eric. We do. From Dixville Notch, it seems that Mike Bloomberg wins everything. He was able to buy all five people in that town. Three. When he, well, three voters, but he paid the other two to stay home. I'm, I'm certain of starting, <laughs> starting rumors here. It's probably children that I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, but uh, all, so he had, so all three of them essentially voted for him. For Bloomberg. On, and we on say, different we, sides of the aisle, right? One one vote for for Bloomberg in the Republican primary, <laughs> and two for Bloomberg in the Democrat primary. He was on; uh, they were all writing candidates. Yeah, at that point, because he's not on the ballot. Right, right, right. You know, this is this is what this is what being a billionaire gets you. You get to just walk into a town, and every voter look at this. Okay. How soon before AOC is all over this? Every voter in one town on both sides voted for Mike because he's a billionaire. He's just buying their votes. He bought an entire town. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I've said, $60 million a vote. Yeah, exactly. Last I saw that was he had spent $180 million. It might be more. It might be up to 200 now. Yeah, yeah. We know with that Nationally, was, you mean. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, so, but, but, well I'm, nationally, yes but, 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 yes. but it was to get you to this point. Yes. So to get those votes so far as of right, as of midnight. It, my, my math may not apply after midnight. Look, come on. Look, I, I'm going to play an audio cut here where, where now they're, you know, they're trying to compare Bernie's supporters as nazi brown shirts just like trump's yeah right so if they can do that i can make up my math when i want sure i'm at least putting a disclaimer in it's only good till one minute after and encompassing only (laughs) dixville notch that's it no an entire town and an an entire (laughs) town right so far so far it's uh in, in new hampshire it's a you know, because he 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 didn't get anything. He really wasn't anything in uh, in Iowa. Right. So these three votes are the the and the those ads are all over the place. I must have seen ten ads yesterday. Uh, uh, Bloomberg ads. Nobody else, just Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. All over the place, and I it really came to the forefront watching the Golf Channel late last week. Yeah. Right. And I was like, wow, he's punting a lot on the Golf Channel, but I'm just I sit there, I look at him, I'm like, okay. Whatever is you know did did he look at this and say, all right, let's do the math. This isn't going to play out for Bernie. This isn't going to play out for Biden. Warren's going to fade. Uh, Mayor Pete will fade eventually, and then there will just be this opening where I walk in. By the way, I don't see that happening at all. I don't see that happening. But then go back and try and predict what the Democrats would do right after Donald Trump got. Elected. I mean, walk through the. I mean, the actual logistics of how everything went down, and I'll just have to put that asterisk there. That there's a slight possibility. By the way, the forecast for him uh, at five thirty eight, I think, is like I don't know one percent, something like that, or just over one percent. 
uh, that that he would get uh, the nominee. Wait, let me correct that. Hold on. Uh, no. Oh, pardon me. Three percent. So that that Mike would get the right, nomination. Right. But since it's he not got gonna happen. since he got the three votes, it's been sixty million dollars a vote. That's right. Uh, but uh, I, w- I want to play this here just to show you and expect this to get worse. Mm-hmm. Look, everybody, remain calm out there. Don't be too reactionary because you're going to want to become reactionary because now that impeachment is over, the left is going to be going crazy. The media is going to be going crazy. This I'm going to play Chuck Todd here. This is Chuck Todd from MSNBC talking about uh, the uh, Never Trump uh, publication, the Bulwark publication, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and talking about their analysis of of Bernie now and making a comparison of Bernie followers now to Trump followers using the Nazi analogy. All right. So they've now taken the Nazi analogy to Sanders supporters. All right. Here we go. I want to bring up something that um, Jonathan um, last put in the uh, bulwark today, and it was about how in Ruth... We've all been on the on the receiving end of the of the Bernie online brigade. And here's what he says. He says, no other candidate has anything like this sort of digital brown shirt brigade. I mean, except for Donald Trump. The question no one is asking is this. What if you can't win the presidency without an online mob? What if we now live in a world where having a bullying agro social media army running around popping anyone who sticks their head up is either an important ingredient for or a critical market marker of success wow. okay that's i know like- everybody's freaking out about this but you saw the maga rally that's preparing around here there are people coming from three or four states on that that's real and you know that is um, this is like burning <laughs> eventually they're going to call all of you a nazi no matter what if they don't like you even democrats now now bernie supporters are nazis are nazis <laughs> it's just so entertaining. You, you Man, know, if we, they have a brokered convention. Oh, yeah, let's 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 get to that. I was looking at the hill.com, yeah, you know, whatever right. wh- whether it's uh, h- however they're looking at it as as you said um it's a 44% chance of Bernie getting it. I think mm-hmm. they were looking at using it in the polling method instead of odds. And that's where they came up with 24%, but in either model. Right. It's right. it's roughly the brokered convention is in second place. Bernie's in first place. The brokered convention is in second place. Yes. The problem is here, and the, why the Democrats worry about this is, I don't think there's been a brokered convention since Eisenhower. Hmm. And and so th- that means that you don't have a lot of prep time. That would be, I think you looked it up, was it July 13th? Thir- thir- uh, yeah, uh, July 13th. Second week of, of July is, 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 the, um, is the Democrat convention. Right. And and so normally you would know, you would have a good indication by Super Tuesday who's got the lead and, and where it's going. And usually by, by May, you know. Right? Yep. You, know, you normally right. know. Which gives you a lot of head time for raising money, mm-hmm. you name it. The problem is this takes us to almost the middle of July until you know who the candidate's going to be and then... The super, the nominee is going to be, and then the super delegates, which mean the establishment get a lot more power in deciding who the candidate is going to be 
to represent the Democrats. Well, you have a brokered convention. Yeah, yeah. And whoever, you know, if a Bloomberg comes out of a brokered convention, can you imagine the screaming of the left if that happens? Well, the Bernie crowd. All of a sudden, a brokered convention produces your billionaire nominee. Well, and Bernie has a plurality of the votes. Right. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Bernie has 48% of the delegates. Yeah, right. And he doesn't get the nomination. Oh, man. You talk about feeling a burn. Yeah. Well, and, because, and that's I mean, what they're worried about. And what's yeah. interesting here in this forecast, and, and they, it, they updated it, I don't know how often, but I think a couple of times a day. Uh, from 538.com, it was just the other night. I think it was last week, actually. I think it was the Friday show. I may be wrong about that. But it was at 25%, a one in four chance it would be no one, which means brokered convention, no majority. No one gets over 50. And now it's up to a 28% chance. It's not like it's... Now, it, it, it likely will fade... As we move along, but if it doesn't, if this chance stays here, it's ahead of Biden. Biden's got an eighteen uh, percent chance. Sixteen. I'm so, I'm sorry. Sixteen percent chance behind a brokered convention and Bernie at forty four right now. Again, these forecasts change, right? And and right. it's 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 an odd um, algorithm that that they use. Based on you know where where it's going, where the polls are going for those future states, but just the fact that it keeps it that right now a brokered convention possibility is growing a little bit since Iowa is fascinating. And and the reason that you have better chances, nobody's dropped out. You still have eleven candidates in there, right? Which can split up the delegates. And so you come if 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 nobody really if nobody backs out right now, odds are they're not leaving after they're not leaving after Nevada. Everybody will try, the vast majority of that remain right now are going to try, try to stick until Super Tuesday. Right. Which yes. is going to split a ton of different votes, a ton mm -hmm. of different ways. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're worried right now because there's so many candidates still left that can split up the delegates. And so it increases the chances of a brokered convention where then the super delegates, the establishment of the Democrat Party, mm -hmm. uh, you know, basically get more power in picking who the nominee is going to be, which could send just pure chaos through the Democrat Party afterwards. The other point I just want to go back quickly here, what started this all was uh, Chuck Todd talking about uh, the uh, the online Bernie brigade and, mm. and reading the article and being concerned that no other candidate has anything like this sort of digital brown shirt brigade, I mean, except for Donald Trump. Now, he was reading that. From Jonathan uh, Lass's uh, article, he said, the question no one is asking is, what if you can't win the presidency without an online mob? And what if we now live in a world where we have a bullying Argo social media army around popping anyone who sticks our head up is an, uh, either uh, as either an important ingredient for or a critical marker of success? I know everybody is freaking out over this, but you saw the MAGA rally that is preparing around here. There are people coming in from three or four states on that. That's real, you know. This is like Bernie, he said. Now, first of all, making the comparison now to Bernie followers as Nazis. Right. 
This is understand what they're saying here. This is people. These are people who are getting together online. They have their freedom of association. They are gathering like-minded people together, whether they're Bernie people or whether they're Trump people, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But they're getting together and they're organizing in an extremely uh, in an extremely good way. I mean, they're organized. I mean, Bernie's mm-hmm. people are organized, yeah. and so is Trump. I don't think anybody's organized like Trump is. I don't think anyone is as right. organized as he is, and I don't think the DNC is near or as organized as the RNC. Right, RNC exactly. Is right now. But I yeah. but I understand when, when they're talking about the organization right. of people online, which mm-hmm. then are motivated to actually go out and trying to compare them to Nazis because you have the MAGA rally. There are people coming in from three or four states supporting their candidates. So following what America is about, mm-hmm. which is like-minded people getting together pooling their money, and then going and actively supporting a candidate is Nazism to Chuck Todd and those people in the mainstream media. And they believe, you know what they're scared of? Hmm. They don't have the monopoly anymore. Oh, yeah. No, they don't. Who are people in the well, media? Who, who would we be to be criticizing regular citizens for organizing themselves online? Right. No, this is what they're facing. That's, I think, a good point. And what, where are you seeing the evidence of that? The drop in ratings. Yeah. You're seeing that. Yep. And is it because conservatives quit watching CNN and other liberal channels? No. It's because the far left doesn't need the CNNs of the world. They don't need the so-called activists in the newsrooms anymore. They, they, Again, um, we talked uh, the uh, we talked the end of the age of celebrities. Well, also the end of the liberal media, only because of the splintering of the left over and yeah, over again. Right? I mean, Ellen DeGeneres sitting next to George W. Bush won't be long. She's going to be unemployed she's going to be you know remember that she's now she's the problem well just understand this bernie sanders supporters now they're coming after you now you're the nazis yes (laughs) good luck you're the oppressor 866-90 red eye tires command a lot of attention as a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of csa violations any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine tire inspections and pay special attention to any unusual wear patterns. Once unusual tread wear is visible on a tire, its traction and stopping distance is reduced and its lifespan will likely be shortened. Stop into a TA truck service facility to learn more about the benefits of tire balancing and to take their new counteract balancing beads for a spin. This maintenance tip is brought to you by TA Truck Service. More bays, more expertise, more solutions. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye. Some data coming out of who attended the Trump's rally in New Hampshire. Yeah. And Brad Parscale is is really, uh, they're, they're really paying attention, it seems like, to the, the ground game. We'll get to that coming up following the bottom of the hour. Plus, uh, James Carville speaking again today. Just just great stuff. I, I'm actually happy to see him back. I am, I've, too. I've missed him. <laughs> well, first of all, I hope he's doing well. I haven't heard anything about him because we haven't heard from him. He seems to have plenty of energy. Yes. He's not slowing down, it seems like, um, but so. uh, but certainly issuing some grievances <laughs> toward the Democrats. Basically, he's asking the question, what in the world are you guys doing? Well, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's saying, uh, in essence, they're doomed. Well, because he's calling it end of the Democrats are the only thing standing between uh, what we have now and doom. We'll yeah. get to that. We'll get yeah. to that coming up. Uh, just very quickly, I think I want to reiterate again the the audio cut that we played from Chuck Todd. Yeah, understand that to the, this is very important to understand what they they view as Nazism mm-hmm. when citizens gather together mm-hmm. when a political party or political candidate is able to motivate people online to get together to raise money to share their same values, to promote their same values online, nonviolently, and then the organization that is set up online is used to promote and get people excited to travel long distances to go to rallies outside of their own town. That is viewed by the mainstream media, by Chuck Todd, by the Never Trumper, that it, our, uh, publication article he was reading, they view that as Nazism. You cannot get more pure about what America is about than that right there. No. And that's how they view it. Yep. They view that as a negative, and they compare that to Nazism. Organi- for Republicans to organize well, and now Bernie Sanders supporters to be organized well, you are now in the Nazi classification. You know, it's interesting. You made the point about, you know, how the the media, the leftist media, really is kind of seeing that splintering, too, of, of their support. They're kind of all over the place because, but this is, this is inevitable. It wasn't just about the rank-and-file Democrat. It was about the party. It was about uh, all the players within the party. AOC changed things and ramped it up uh, to the nth degree. Uh, and now you're seeing it, I think, with the media. They're splintered. They're all over the place. But this is the problem. When you teach people that they have to be a victim of, for whatever reason and a new reason all the time, eventually everybody outside their subgroup is an oppressor and you're next. Right. Is an oppressor now a Nazi oppressor? That's right. afraid to tussle with the deep state eric harley and gary mcnamara on red eye radio and he is eric harley and i'm gary mcnamara 866 red eye good morning thank you so much for uh being here some of the uh, numbers coming up 
uh, hear from Brad Parscale, Trump's mm. campaign manager from New Hampshire. Uh, 52,553 tickets right. were distributed. Uh, they identified 24,700 voters, 41% from New Hampshire. 17% of those that showed did not vote in 2016 who were registered to vote but did not vote. 25.4% of the voters identified were Democrat. Um, that's a problem for the Democrats. That This is, this is exactly what we've, we've been talking about. Um, uh, everything from uh, the, the support of uh, black voters that the president has, which is extremely strong right now. Um, but Democrats who are just done with their party. You know, you look at Blexit, that's one thing, and I think that's been a significant movement. But forget about that. I mean, I mean, don't look at just that. Look at, look at the entire, uh, uh, group of former Democrats who vote for Trump. It may, it may be that they don't, you know, let's just say down the road after Trump is done with his ninth term, Pence decides. to run it could these these democrats may not support a mike pence i don't know it's it's impossible to know but but right now you have a number of democrats who just simply are not gonna vote blue and that's why we started the show with this i was thinking about it yesterday and because they're you know when, when we talked about you know the 200 counties that made a difference in the last election why Trump won? Right. The 200 counties around the country, 31 of them, I believe, were in Iowa. Uh, y- uh, was it 31? Yes. Yeah, uh, I think it was 31. That, uh, yes. And so they were looking for the turnout there. Yeah. And they were said turnout's important because these are counties that went for Obama twice. Yeah, they call them pivotal counties. Yes. Yeah. They, they went for Obama twice and then voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for some turnout to see if there would be massive turnout because, all right, it's time to get rid of Trump, and it didn't happen. Right. And I just asked the question. I said, well, wait a minute. I, if you for, forget, about, forget about loyal Trump supporters, forget about Republicans uh, who might have not voted for Trump in the primary but voted for Trump in the general election. Mm-hmm. And so forget about the loyal Trump supporters, forget about Republicans who voted for Trump but still went eh, and forget about all Democrats who have a TDS. Right. Right? Right. Exclude them out of the discussion. Just focus in on that demographic of the Democrat or the independent who leads, excuse me, uh, leans Democrat who voted for Trump. And I thought about this yesterday. Mm. And I went, why would they change? Right. Why did they vote for Trump? Right. They wanted somebody new. Yeah, but there's been all this chaos, which they expected because he is somebody from outside the establishment, which is why they voted for him. Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, 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 he's mm, uh, uh, he's out of control, we need decency. Mm-hmm. They didn't vote for decency. Nope. That wasn't. They weren't voting for decency in the cat. They were voting for policies that exude decency, maybe. Yeah, right. But they weren't looking at the particular language of the candidate and viewed that as many Trumpers did. 
Nope, sorry, that's disqualifying right there. Well, I mean, even even Republican never Trumpers. That was right. their big thing. Right. He just doesn't. He, he doesn't sound presidential. And well, that's why they voted for him. Right. And so, understanding why, I've always questioned why did Demo- if Democrats were actually making the assumption, and I'm talking about the Democrat establishment or right. those inside right. the Democratic Party, right. that those Democrats or independents leaning Democrat would reject Trump after one term. Uh, that was our question based on what and never got an answer. So we weren't surprised by the turnout and we're not surprised if these numbers are accurate mm-hmm. from Parscale. I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised by it because, again, if you're motivated, if you're a Democrat who has made that decision, I've, I'm leaving the Democrat Party and you made that in 2016, then you're stoked right now. Yeah. I mean, you're stoked right. and you're yes. like, I, yes. I, I, be- I believe I got what ex- exactly what I wanted. I wanted, yeah, but look at all the havoc he's, he, that he's caused. That's why I voted for That's him. That's exactly it. I want him to shake up the system. He shook up the system. I'm not going to vote for somebody who I, I voted for him to knock down and change the system and get rid of the swamp and not be beholden to either party and not compromise to the Democrat that I used to be a part of. This is what they're saying, not me, that, that I used to be a part of, but I've rejected them. Well, what would have changed you from Trump? And you and I talked about, remember early on when Ann Coulter said, I'm rejecting the president. I'm done with him because he didn't fight hard enough for the border wall. Yeah. Right? Right. Exactly. And we, and we said back then, we said, mm, that's that's not going to stick, even though it's Ann Coulter. It's not going to stick because no. the simple question is, okay, did he get exactly what he wanted to get? No. Is there anybody who I can look at, any other candidate, who will fight as hard to still attempt to attain that goal. Well, no, they don't exist. No, no. So I, so at that point, that person would say, I've got no choice. Right. And, and you, you look at again, what the reason would be for, for, for leaving the, the reason for saying, no, I'm going to vote Democrat. <laughs> Is it anybody on the left? I mean, think about that. I'm not saying that these Democrats who are voting that are supporting the president right now are going to vote Republican for the rest of their lives. For some of them, maybe. But they're going to stay with Trump. Because it was based on trust in 2016. And now it's based on performance. All right, I want to play this audio cut from uh, yesterday morning, (laughs) Morning Joe, Mm. with uh, James Carvel on. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just keep laughing. That you know what he's like. He's like the guy that used to be on CNN that we used to laugh at all the time that we played uh, the other day. Jack uh, Jack Cafferty. Cafferty. I almost said Cassidy, and didn't agree with him much. But I just yeah. I just loved his style. What a horrible woman. <laughs> and and same here. Uh, uh, but uh, let's see what he has to say. Okay. Here. And then we'll we'll give you our take. Here we go. And I'll say this just as clearly and directly as I can. The only thing, the only thing between the United States and the abyss is the Democratic Party. That's it. And if we go the way of the British Labor Party, if we nominate Jeremy Corbyn, it's going to be the end of days. We're going to lose it. We're going to be the British Labor Party. We're going to be out in some theoretical left-wing la land. So what, what exactly are you afraid of? I'm afraid that Donald Trump is going to get reelected. And I have to do this for four more years. And I don't think we can make it. I really don't. It's just the country can't continue like this. And it has to have an alternative. I know, Joe, you're not a member of the Democratic Party, but you know this as well as I do. That's it. 
That's the only hope for America. If there's a certain part of the Democratic Party that wants us to be a cult. I'm not interested in being in a cult. I'm, I'm 75 years old. I'm just not a, I'm not a very culty person. Some people in this country want a revolution. They want disruption. Uh, you know, I don't know what, you know, they scream at people. They, they go and bully people. And I don't know how you win an election. That 78 years old, standing up screaming in a microphone about the revolution. These people are perfectly happy to be Jeremy Coburn. They, they were all campaigning for him. They were taking pictures and everything. I mean, good God, we've got to do something here, people. Is it they didn't see this in 2016 after the election? Well, <laughs> we, we we did. I mean, I I love hearing him say that. But how is it that, like you asked earlier, how is it they're just now seeing this about Bernie? How are they not seeing the splintering? How were they not seeing that after the election in 2016? And the two idiots overnight saw it way before 2016. Yes. We saw where your party was going. Right. Uh, when he says he has no interest in a cult, he's not talking. This is the point here. It, that, I mean, it's gone since, uh, really over the last couple of days. That's why we're playing all these audio cuts from the left. It's gone full bore against, yeah. you know, Bernie Sanders now right. because the cult, when he talks about the cult, he's not talking Trump. He's talking Bernie Sanders. You know, it is honestly. It is it is so fascinating watch watching them does it is it is it me is it me or does it seem like it's all happened in the last two to three weeks of them I, going of them going oh uh, what happened I I think it's just I I think it's been amplified in the last three or four days it's yes I'll say that since the weekend and probably Carvel is probably you know think about that I mean look he's he's um. He knows everybody. Everybody knows him. And when he's when he's saying things like this, when you have Chris Matthews say really good, you know, after the State of the Union, that was really good stuff. When you have Van Jones after one debate say, I don't see anybody on that stage that can beat Trump. I, I mean, this is honestly, Jimmy Fallon nearly lost his career for tussling Trump's hair on The Tonight Show four years ago. And... Now you've got Van Jones going, yeah, Trump's going to win. Well, the other interesting point is there, again, the, the entire doom and gloom. The country can't stand another four years of, mm-hmm. of Trump. Right. The country is fine now. The country will be fine it will. after Trump. We yeah. said this, when remember, when Obama was elected and people mm-hmm. called our show and you could not find uh, any talk show host uh, more against uh, the, the uh, former president's policies than, than Eric and Gary. But we said the union will survive. But he's even on that rhetoric that that the the United States can't take this. Right. We can't take Trump. That in essence we are doomed. It is the abyss. Uh, it's the end of days if Trump serves another four years. Of course, that is over the top hyperbole and completely ridiculous. But it actually isn't focused on Trump. It's focused on Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that if, mean, Ber- if that if we put Bernie Sanders in, we're going to lose to Trump, and then it's the end of days. So Bernie Sanders is the Democrat path to end of days and the abyss. <laughs> well, you know, I go back God. to it. Um, I think I still have it open on 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 uh, on my phone on uh, one of the tabs here uh, for uh, that that Bernie article that goes back uh, two weeks ago, yesterday. 
and and no, I don't have it open, but it is basically that the party doesn't want Bernie, but they also don't want to attack him if he's going to be the guy, but they don't think he can win. Now you're seeing more and more the confidence waning, but guess what? Here's the problem. Just like the Democrats, the lib- the crazy liberals were motivating Trump supporters, the establishment Democrats and the party are motivating Bernie supporters. Yeah, that's a great point. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. We go to Tom in Connecticut. Tom, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Gary, Eric, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Before I start, let me just say thank you so much for your analysis and the logic and reason that you've used and have given the public during the Mueller report, Russia collusion, and that fiasco called the impeachment process. Thank you so much, guys. You're a voice of reason and the wilderness. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Well, to get to the question that you're asking about why Democrats would want to vote for Trump, it's very simple. Do you remember the term blue dog Democrat? Sure. Yeah. Okay. My father was a blue dog Democrat. My grandfather. My register- gran- My grandfather was. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. Uh, I was a Democrat up until 2007 when the party nominated Obama for the presidency. I had his number back then. He was a socialist. He used Solinsky's seven rules for radicalism. I said, if that's the way my party's going, I don't want that. That's not my party anymore. Now, you cu- you get up to 2016. I switched I switch to independent. So when I voted, I couldn't vote in the primaries. I voted for John Kasich. John Kasich was my candidate because I listened to him during the uh, debates. I liked what he had to say. But once President, once President Trump or candidate Trump then was nominated as our candidate, I voted for him, and I've supported President Trump. I have never been one of those never-Trumpers. The reason why I'm going to vote for Trump again is because he places America first. That's not ideological Nazi radicalism. That's because we have a president that cares about this country. Look at what's going on with the stock market, the economy, employment. He cares. And you look at the, the Democrat Party, all they care about is power and control. You know, when you have someone like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg talking about how how bad billionaires are or we're going to take your money away and give it to someone else that doesn't want to work, I'm sorry. That's not my party. That wasn't the Democrat Party that I grew up with and supported. Thank you. And thank you, Tom. Why. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. We, uh, we're it. out of time, but thank you very much. We appreciate you sharing all that. Oh, but that's, you know, he's echoing the sentiment of many Democrats right now. How do they get people like that back? The far left going to turn around? No, no, not in this lifetime. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now.
Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning in the news. It is the New Hampshire primary. New Hampshire, I believe you will help make me the next president of the United States. And when you do, I will work every day to make you proud and earn that support. Thank you for coming. Thank you for caring. Please spread the word, and I think we're going to have a lot to celebrate tomorrow. Thank you. That's Pete Buttigieg. Here's Elizabeth Warren. I've got the best chance to beat Donald Trump because I can bring our party together. I've got the best chance to beat Donald Trump because I run on core Democratic ideas and values that every Democrat can get behind, everyone in our party can and should get behind, and that also pull in Republicans and independents. That is how I'm going to beat Donald Trump, and that should be our number one job come November. Here's Bernie Sanders. The reason that we are going to win is the American people, no matter what their political views may be, are sick and tired of a president who is a pathological liar, who is running a corrupt administration, who is a bully and a vindictive person, who is a racist? So you're you get the uh, the narrative of where he's heading down, yeah. Uh, uh, right now, by the way, he is uh, using as a so good socialist. He is using a 1952 Soviet style microphone. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Wondering if it wasn't a megaphone. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, the the biggest rally mm-hmm. uh, in uh, New Hampshire was Trump's <laughs> rally. You know, they always talk about the Democrats. They have enthusiasm, right? We have so much more enthusiasm than that's not even close. They're all fighting each other. They're all going after each other. You got them all over the place. They don't know what the hell they're doing. With your help on November 3rd, we are going to defeat the radical socialist Democrats. We are going to win New Hampshire in a landslide. I want to thank our Republican senators and our Republican House members. They were tremendous. In the House, we won 196 to nothing, and then we got three Democrats. And in the Senate... Other than Romney, we had. <laughs> we got 52 to nothing. Wow. 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 Uh, so um, uh, there you go. The media in full panic. We played audio, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was uh, from James Carville or Chuck Todd. I mean, just pure panic now uh, over Sanders. Uh, over uh, the the realization now that uh, Sanders might be able to to uh, to win this whole thing yeah. or the momentum that he has right now. Also, mm-hmm. the worry of a brokered convention really came to the forefront yesterday. You know, and that just I think it was just a result of of uh, the results from Iowa coming in, and so many candidates still in there, and the fear 
of what happens to the Democrat Party if it's a brokered convention. That means in the first round of votes at the convention, if if nobody has uh, the the uh, majority, right, that will uh, get fifty point one, then right, then it then it heads right to mm-hmm. the um, it heads right to the uh, uh, the that process where the super delegates that's the Democrat establishment have much more influence as to the, who the nominee might be. And to have that happen in July would just throw the Democrat oh, Party into just complete and total uh, uh, chaos. So there's where we are uh, uh, right now. The media is, is extremely scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could tell that when the final results came in, especially over the last three to four days, it has really taken up, really gone big time. When you have Chuck Todd accusing the Bernie Sanders supporters and their online organization as brown shirts, in essence, they're Nazis. You know. Look how quick that turned. Think about that. Oh, think yeah. about, think oh, how yeah. quick well, that well, no, think you know, how but quick that has turned. It was inevitable though. It was inevitable. Remember there was the uh euphoria when when in twenty sixteen, during the primary season, Bernie going out west, he started they called it the Bernie Surge. He did pretty well in, in Iowa, but, I mean, as they moved out west, that Bernie surge was there, and there was this euphoria. And, of course, the media shared in that euphoria. And now they're, they're looking at him, and they're going, well, no, I, this, we can't have this. We can't have a Bernie as the guy. But here's my question for them. Um, it doesn't matter who it is. Carvel. Uh, Van Jones, Chris Matthews, um, Chuck Todd, any of them. If not Bernie, then who? Because if you think, if any of those people think that Joe Biden is performing, and I don't mean votes, I mean getting the word out and connecting with voters, boots on the ground kind of connection and performance. If you think Joe Biden is getting the job done, you do need to smoke some crack to sober up. Because that's not the case. So then who? Oh, Mike. You know, more uh, what you're what you're going to see happening. And I think you might see more of it here after New Hampshire, especially getting in the last couple of weeks, Hmm. will be some attacks on Bloomberg. Look, some of the stuff he has said on stop and frisk. Yeah. Right. About police presence has to be in minority of uh, you know communities and stop and frisk is necessary this you know this audio starts getting you know the audio like that starts getting widespread play or commercials put up against it he's in more trouble than buddha judges oh yeah oh easy easy um there's it, well he can go ask Kamala harris about that yeah but you know if you think about it during his time uh, you know, when she was a prosecutor, that was uh, that was very different. Uh, she didn't have the same profile as he did as mayor. And that was a you know, that was a big deal. So they're you know, that's no, they're not going to stand for that. And look, he's not. He's not polling very well, he's spending a ton of money. He spent uh, almost 200 million. He wrote himself a check for 200 million. And he's spent most of that. I think it's somewhere around 190. It's a ton of advertising. What's his message? I'm a billionaire who can make the economy work. 
That's already being done. Uh, <laughs> thank you for answering the question. Next. So, 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 you know, so I'm, a billion, I'm a right. billionaire. I'm the other billionaire. I mean, honestly. I'm a nicer billionaire? Right. They, Which, don't, I, they don't care. They don't care. So there is no, you know, there's no well, resounding as, message wait, coming from his campaign. Especially of a, of a billionaire. Think about this. Because he, if, if he's trying... If he's trying to sell his message to independents and Democrats who voted for Trump, right? In the in the process, as a billionaire buying an election, yeah, with right. his own money, right? <laughs> from a party whose all the other candidates are talking about the fact that we need to tax it, not only tax the daylights out of billionaires, but even get rid of billionaires to Bernie Sanders, who has talked about the evil of billionaires and AOC talking about billionaires. None of them got their money legitimately. Right. Look, that. so the billionaire just being part of the process to begin with is a turnoff for a significant portion oh, of Democrats. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And keep in mind, AOC won her district with, with uh, a lot less money than her opponent spent her stuff was really viral her message got out that became viral right uh for a number of reasons but the the point is is that she's so she's pretending to be well you know she calls herself uh and of course supporting bernie that whole grassroots thing there's no tolerance for mike or tom steyer or or any of them i would ask i would ask them i would love to ask them the question do you see any difference between uh bloomberg and Trump. I would ask Elizabeth Warren that question. Now, I know the difference because Mike Bloomberg is a lot more billionaire than Trump is. He has tens of billions and Trump has, well, depends on who you ask. Well, the uh, the, w- the one thing he's making it, it known in his commercials, mm-hmm. the, the, the one major issue is simply, I will stop Trump's war on women, which is abortion. Right. Mm-hmm. You think anybody who voted for Trump cares about his position on abortion right now, being more of a pro-lifer? No, I don't think so either. No. So no. you no. you look at you look at that coming from Bloomberg, and I'm like, okay, you're talking to the far left, right? But they're not going to vote for you anyway, right? Because of stop and frisk, because of a number of other things, and the fact that you're a billionaire, right? So who are you appealing to? Exactly. The part of the problem with Bloomberg is you have such a fractured party to begin with based on the fact that everybody is either a victim or an oppressor to the point now where <laughs> the Bernie supporters are now Nazi oppressor, oppressors. That's right. This is where we've gotten to. That's right. If you if you get together as a group uh, and on social media are promoting your candidate because they're comparing them to the Trump supporters... And you go after people who don't support your candidate, then you're no better. You're, well, you're one of the brown shirts. You're yeah. a Nazi. Now, uh, the, look, the, when they use this, we're not angry about it because they've been using it against Republicans for years. So there's no anger. There's no surprise. But they're this imploding. Is, yeah, this this is this is who they are. This is the implosion of the party. And yeah. I and I the, asked it, it a, a week or two ago, uh, you know, and it was tongue in cheek, but really there was something to it. What if nobody wins? But I mean, it really is. What if you get to a brokered convention? If you get to, and, and now, I mean, Nate Silver right now has it at 28%, and just the other day, it was 25%. That chance is 
actually grew over the last few days likely had to do with uh, Iowa, mostly Iowa. The algorithm is kind of different, and this will change. It changes a couple of times a day. But the fact that it's in second place behind Bernie and it's ahead of everybody else, that chance of a brokered convention in the forecast at 538, this is why you have people like James Carville and others in the liberal media and who have been very active in liberal politics over the years looking at the party going, what in the world are well, you guys doing? You know, again, uh, when you have... Uh, Chuck Todd reading the analysis from the Never Trumper publication mm. that, uh, you know, the brown shirt online mob, yeah. you know, the Nazi online mob from Bernie Sanders supporters and agreeing with it mm -hmm. and nobody disagreeing with it and saying, looking that that that's wrong. Look, we expected this to happen. There was right. no other way that you could go. Right. We said this years ago, if you've been a longtime listener to the show, you know, we've have that we started analyzing the Democrats, and this is sometime during the Obama administration, and we said, look at this. They've grown. They keep growing the number of victims. They keep growing the number of oppressors. You can't unite a party when you do that. Well, you reap what you sow. This is it. And, and so we're not surprised by any of this. It is humorous, though, to hear the media now go after Bernie Sanders and, and a significant portion of the Democrat Party and what they become as a cult and the Nazi reference, which is exactly what they used against Trump. Just I, well, just, I mean, just, I, but here's but here's my question: If we could take these their mindset right now, those individuals who are saying that, and take it back to 2008, and that euphoria that was that was the support for then candidate Barack Obama cult. You'd have to apply it. Yeah, right? you'd apply the same thing. Yes. Well, I mean, look at the yes. look at the Obama song, the Obama pledge. Oh, the Obama chant. That's not cult like. Obama, Obama. That's not a cult. <laughs> Eight six six ninety red eye. In just a few hours now, USDA will release its new monthly forecast for crop supply and demand, which includes export and price forecasts for crops like corn, soybeans, wheat, and cotton. But of course. February is typically a pretty light month in terms of new information, particularly on the domestic side. USDA Acting Outlook Chairman Mark Jekinowski says the main influences on the demand for U.S. crops will be our southern hemisphere competitors. So we're looking closely at Brazil and Argentina. Soybean harvest uh, is well underway in Brazil, and that second crop corn is going in right after the soybeans. So we're looking down there at uh, weather and crop conditions and the size and the quality of that crop coming off the field. Also this month, we may find out just how much USDA analysts think China's potential purchases and China's coronavirus situation are going to play into the supply-demand picture for U.S. ag commodities. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Let's go to Robert in Charleston, South Carolina. Robert, hi. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hi, Robert. Hi, sir. I 
just want to, to say that, you know, from the from the grassroots standpoint, it was very hard for us in 19, I mean, in 2016 to, to really make, to understand the differences between Donald Trump and, and and Sanders, they were they were offering us the same thing, but from a different angle. In other words, more from the socialist side of the case of Bernie Sanders, and more from a, a, a free market economy for, by by Donald Trump. But the objective was uh, what we're trying to achieve. In other words, as, as, as citizens and keep as, 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 as people here, is to, to have a better income based upon the skills that we can offer for for, for sale, and, and that's basically what most of us do. And um, sometimes it's hard to understand exactly what each one of them will do. Now, I wrote to to to, to Tom Steyer because he he was promising the same thing this time around, and and he didn't answer me with regard to exactly what he wanted to do. As a matter of fact, not at all. He didn't he didn't tell me what, how he's going to do what he's what he's what he's promising. In other words, he's promising economic justice. That's a very very hard thing to achieve. How would you possibly achieve that? And he and and. The, the thing is, how would you possibly make it so that every every working person could could offer a skill and have it taken up by somebody? That's also a very difficult proposition. And and and, and Donald Trump seemed to have had a better answer last time around uh, than than Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders, you really you really he, he would drive up a lot of costs. I, I figured because. He, he seemed to be more interested in nationalizing, but nationalizing is, is not really a very competitive idea. And, and, it would, and, 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 and to not have competition and to have a big bureaucracy, bureaucracies, generally speaking, are very expensive. Well, and thank you for the call. It is yeah. the problem, you know, the, the, what, what Trump did was his attempt, and I think he's done a pretty decent job, is lower the cost of government. Lower the regulatory items, which come with the cost. Lower uh, taxes, including corporate taxes, which promotes the expansion of wealth. Um, I don't know what I don't know what economic justice means. I don't know. First, define right. that, and then tell me. Yeah, you know. you got to define it first. We'll have yeah. more comments on this. Yeah. on the last call coming up following the, the bottom of the hour here. Yep. Here's your forecast. Locally heavy rain, mountain snow, and gusty winds will impact the desert southwest, at least through the rest of the day today. Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona getting the brunt of the snow. Southern Arizona, southern New Mexico, all rain. As you move over to northern Texas, you might even pick up some icing conditions, especially in the overnight hours. Also into central Texas, we have a chance for thunderstorms today. That system will be moving into Louisiana and producing a line of showers from Louisiana into Alabama and northern Georgia throughout the day. And rain, along with the system, will move from Louisiana all the way up through New Jersey today. For the second week in a row, we'll see at least five inches of rain from eastern Texas into southern Missouri and northern Louisiana, all the way in through the lower Ohio Valley. The setup is there. We're definitely going to see some flash flooding in the region. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout.
bewildered and confused. Red Eye Radio. Hey, it's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, just a couple of things to the last caller, who, who I think brought up a some great, great points about mm. how the average person looks at candidates. That's yeah, what, what they're promising, right, what the that, candidates want that's, to do. You know, getting out right. of the ideological sphere that we get involved in, you know, when you look at it and you say, you know... He's a socialist versus a capitalist versus somebody who, uh, you know, who uh, followed the rules of Saul Alinsky and, and, and going through all this, mm-hmm. where the average person who doesn't listen to talk radio is going, eh, blah, 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 it means nothing to them. Right. And the, the last caller did bring up, you know, you know, talking about, uh, you know, that, you know, Bernie Sanders that uh, when you when you talk about the things that Bernie Sanders would uh, would do. Uh, it probably would cost a lot. Well, that's one of the problems with socialism is the cost of it to the the actual uh, uh, business. When in communism, the cost of the business really doesn't matter as much because the company doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then you have a monopoly and you yeah. don't produce a, a decent uh, uh, product. But I think to to get down to it to the average person who I do believe probably has an idea of what socialism is. It's got nothing to do with being on you know, Twitter or Facebook. The mm. difference is, <laughs> the difference is most people in this country, because number one, where he said they're viewed as outsiders and 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 uh, not uh, not radicals, but what was it? Um, oh, uh, re- revolutionary in a way. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trump is not revolutionary. Trump was simply not a politician. Right. But what Trump was promoting was, uh, well, uh, make America uh, great again, mm-hmm. America first. Now, that was viewed incorrectly, and it was viewed that way because they couldn't argue the point that what that meant was that nobody mattered, and it was selfish and nationalistic and therefore racist, which, of course, is ridiculous mm-hmm. because some of the biggest beneficiaries of the Trump economy has been those on the lower end. Look at it right now. Last report came in uh, that uh, you had uh, uh, the lower end is seeing a much better increase in their pay than even the middle or higher end is. Mm -hmm. And that's a logical place that you're going to get to when the labor market starts tightening up, starts tightening up. Mm -hmm. So Trump basically came in and said, I'm what I'm going to do is make it that. And it's our philosophy. Now, there may be some differences and nuances that are important uh tariffs protectionism things like that but he hasn't been as protectionist as i thought he was going to be at all and that's a good thing mm-hmm. i recognize that and i'm not going to ignore the fact that oh okay mm, some of it i don't like but a lot of it i do like mm-hmm. and a lot of it's the same as it was before which mm-hmm. i liked mm-hmm. uh, to begin with i'm not going to ignore that that is the reality of what trump has done and if it's good i'm going to tell you it's good and so it's good but Trump is more, I want the, the companies to do great because, therefore, the demand to hire you within a free market system is the only way to go. Yeah. That's not revolutionary. No. At all. That's standard operating procedure and has been in our history for a significant period of, of time. That if you want labor growth, if you, excuse me, if, if you want wage growth, you're going to get it from a tightening labor market, especially where it's unskilled. 
you're talking about a Bernie Sanders coming in. What he wants to do is transform America into what it isn't. Mm -hmm. He has said it in his own words. Uh, He has said, I wish in the 70s when he talked about the fact that, yeah, we need government ownership of a lot of industries out there. And he picked a variety of industries that, that, that existed. You and I both remember the August before the uh, election, or was it the August? Or was it the July? I forgot when it was when Bernie said, because Bernie and Hillary were both still in it. And remember, yeah, that, and, would, that would have been yeah, July, June, or, June or July. June or July, where Bernie wanted to get rid of uh, the, uh, all the truck drivers. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get rid of the trucking industry mm-hmm. and have it all on train, which mm-hmm. was ridiculous. I mean, I. We get a little go or little uh, golf carts going from the trains, or I I don't I don't know what he was planning. Yeah, the last mile is going to be difficult with a train. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and the last ten miles, last yeah. twenty miles, last fifty miles could be. Uh, so we had no idea what he was talking about. But in that same week, and then Hillary wished to get rid of coal jobs. Coal jobs. Yeah, she mm-hmm. wanted. To, remember, she had to apologize to the coal worker. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to get rid of all coal jobs. He wanted to get rid of all trucking jobs. And by the end of the week, Obama had to top it off and say, okay. Uh, we're not going to drill in the Atlantic, even though the State Department has said it's, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. The EPA said it would be fine. Everybody has checked off and said, nope, it's not going to cause any problem, environmental problems at all. But since the use of fossil fuels will hurt the climate, we're not going to do it. It's like, okay, now he's trying to kill oil jobs. He needs to top everybody on that. Trump isn't doing that. Trump isn't trying to kill jobs. No. And and that's the difference. Bernie Sanders wishes to run, and this is the incredible thing, where they try to peg Trump as some kind of dictator, an authoritarian. Trump was the businessman, doesn't want to run the business side, does he? Trump is a businessman, and he's not saying, since I'm a businessman, I want to run the economy. Right. As a businessman. I want want to control or the government wants to, I want the government right. to control business. He's not saying that. He's okay. saying just the opposite. He's saying just the opposite. So the business because he knows is, how profits work. Exactly. The non-businessman is saying, I wish to control the Iowa caucuses. And uh, no, yeah. nobody, and, nobody and, can do that. And, and the economy. And so I think that's pretty simple to understand. And it depends which way you want to go. And if you have an understanding of history and have an understanding of freedom, and have an understanding of property rights, too, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. are extremely important, right. I think, to uh, most Americans. So I understand when you say that maybe Trump's way of winning was a revolutionary political way, but his ideas yeah, right, yeah. are as mainstream America as you can get where Bernie Sanders just aren't. And they don't even fight you on it anymore because they admit they don't believe in the Constitution. I, yeah, I would say uh, instead of a uh, revolutionary, I would say unconventional. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of where, but that's, he's the same person he always was. His campaign was bound to be what it was in 2016 and what it still is today and even stronger. Uh, in 2016, the momentum was from the promise, the, which it always is, unless you're an incumbent. And it is about the trust. It is about, I want to secure the border. I want to improve the economy. Um, and, and, and that he cared about it. You said this back then, what Trump did that no one else did is he identified the problem. He didn't always have to come up with a solution, which by the way is unique in American politics. We've 
always say, okay, but what's your plan? I mean, we go back to the 999 plan from Herman Cain uh, or, or whatever it might be. But the fact of the matter is, is that he was identifying problems and then offering solutions. And he went back and forth on visas, on border control and everything else. But he never strayed from the core positions that he held. He wanted a stronger economy and a secured border. That was that was well, simple. Uh, but it was it was important to to have a candidate who identified very bluntly what he saw as the problems were in America that related to the average American. Mm-hmm. And Trump did that. He identified the problem while the Democrats for eight years were saying climate change and race were the biggest problems that we had. And you and I know we went through it for eight years and we would every time it would be brought up, we'd say, here we go again. There's yep. your Obama administration. Climate change and race are the biggest problems. Let's look at the polling of Americans. What do Americans think are the biggest problems? And they were down always at the bottom of the list. Yep. If there was a list of 25, they'd be the, 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 the bottom two. Americans didn't view that as a problem. Race is a problem in the media. Race is a problem in the political world saying that, you know, we're always, you know, we're the we're the worst country when it comes, uh, you know, to racism. That's completely and totally the most bizarre thing ever. That's not. Oh, then you're saying that there's no racism. That's the next. Yeah. No, not saying that. What we're saying is it's no longer institutional. Right. That's what we're saying. In a free society, you're going to have idiots everywhere. Then again, do I really believe that racism is a problem? Do people really go around uh, every day saying, well, you know something, look at Joe over there. You know something, I'm superior to him because of my genetics. That's it. I'm super. No, no. Jealousy and envy. Yep. Hmm. The Democrats, they depend on jealousy and envy. The whole... Everything, the whole victor, victim oppressor philosophy is based on jealousy and envy. Oh, Bernie, yeah. Bernie became popular. That's the driver. Bernie became popular by implying and saying now that billionaires are evil. AOC's out there saying billion, there's no way billionaires got their money legitimately. Right. Therefore, they're not legit. Therefore, they broke the law. You are a poor college student. You are being oppressed by the evil billionaire. I mean, that's classic envy and jealousy. And don't try and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Because it's impossible. Quickly, a couple other stories. Now, get ready to be very sad here. Uh, what do we got? The ABC's, tele- ABC's telecast of the Academy Awards oh. reached its smallest audience ever. Darn. Oh. Ever. Well. Smallest audience ever when you're at when you have joaquin phoenix telling everybody don't have a cow (laughs) essentially i mean kind of that's what he said right don't have a cow that's what he was saying it's (laughs) they they don't see what they're doing to the left do they they don't see how they are what they're doing to the political side of things they really do believe that they're superior. Uh, and the 23.6 million that watched after Brad Pitt mm-hmm. finished said, I didn't know Michael Bolton was going to be around. Exactly. Uh, and and finally, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we never talked about the XFL. 
and I have a way into it. Okay. You see, what do you the got? Com- commissioner of the X- uh, XFL said that about, he was asked on NPR about Kaepernick. He <laughs> said his salary demands were way too high. I mean, the most they pay anybody is, and you may have three or four players making it, is is less than the minimum of the NFL. Because it's like five hundred thousand. Right, is what they make. Average players making fifty five thousand. And Kaepernick for the for the defunct league last year. What was it? The AA, whatever the All American, whatever league. Uh, he wanted twenty million. <laughs> Do you was, buy? You can buy two teams in that league yes. for twenty million. <laughs> exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, what I liked about the XFL, and I did watch a couple of games. It moves real quickly with the twenty five second clock. It's like everybody is running a no huddle offense. It's really cool, and I like it. I like that because hmm. you don't walk out. It's not like, okay, the pass was complete. I have 45 seconds to get the drink from the kitchen. You'll miss a play. It moves that quickly. And instant replay, they actually have a camera in the instant replay booth where the where you've got the, the um, instant replay referee hmm. looking at the monitor, and you're watching him as he talks to the referee on the field, and you can hear the conversation back and forth, and that's also cool. And the other thing is... They put the microphones in the right place. This is something I complained about all the minor leagues. So 15,000 people sound like 50,000 are in the stadium. Sounds exciting. And they moved everybody down to the lower bowl, basically, hmm. in most of the stadiums. Hmm. And they used a lot of smaller soccer stadiums, so 15, 20,000 fill them up. Yeah. It was right. a good move, but hmm. we'll see how they do. Yeah. 86690 Red Eye. Freightliner Team Run Smart Pro Henry Albert has achieved some very impressive fuel mileage numbers. Henry shares the specs on his truck and his trailer, starting with what's under the hood. I'm in a 2018 Cascadia Aero X. It's powered by the integrated drivetrain Detroit Series 60 DD15, 400 horsepower, 1,750 foot-pounds of torque at 975 RPM, and that's fed into the Detroit DT12 direct drive transmission with a final axle ratio of 2.16 with active loop management riding on Michelin X1 tires pulling a fully aerodynamic trailer. The trailer is equipped with a nose cone. It's also equipped with full length skirts from fleet engineers that go completely over the landing gear, completely over the trailer tandem, all the way to the rear bumper. The rain gutter has been plated over and it's running a Stemco trailer tail. My main run, which is from Charlotte to Laredo, and I'm usually 60 to 65,000 pounds. I was averaging over 10 miles a gallon. It was up to 10.1. To learn more about Henry's fuel mileage achievements, go to teamrunsmart.com. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. We are hoping uh, tonight to be able to <laughs> bring you the results of the New Hampshire primary. Yeah. Later on tonight, tomorrow morning. Right, right. Uh, Klobuchar actually in the lead. There's three small towns, including Dixville Notch, that cast a vote at midnight. 25 votes cast, and she got eight, I think, total. So uh, those numbers we expect to grow. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call it and say there will be more folks coming in throughout the day.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.